0: When you can say about a software provider, like they're highly recommended by so-and-so at this company that we respect. Even if you don't have that one-to-one recommendation, that video or that testimonial or that case study really provides that trust boost.
1: All righty, folks. I'm Sam Scheffler, and this is another episode of the State of Customer Storytelling Podcast the show that helps you as a B2B marketing leader get the download on the most current practices and strategies related to all things customer storytelling. The State of Customer Storytelling is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero helps over 300 B2B software companies easily create stunning video testimonials that close deals faster. You can view examples and find out more at testimonialhero.com. Today on the show, we have Moshe Polterak. He is the founder and chief growth partner at Growth.co. That's spelled growth without the O, so G-R-W-T-H.co. Previously, Moshe was recently the VP of product and marketing at Braintrust, and as well as been a marketing leader for a number of B2B tech and software companies as well as a fractional CMO for a number of years. Moshe, welcome to the show. Thank you so
0: much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation.
1: Absolutely. And just to kick us right off, you know, what's the big deal with customer stories in B2B? Why do customer stories matter?
0: Customer stories are the way that people are communicating today that comes across as authentic and genuine and actually cuts through the clutter of all of the marketing speak that, and as a marketer, I hate to say this, but people are ignoring the messaging that I put out there, that companies put out there to an extent, obviously it matters and you need to put out your content, but everybody's putting out content and everybody has white papers and even Podcasts and video content, and it's there to educate customers and it's there to inform customers, but does it build trust? Not as much as when customers are doing the talking on your behalf, that can really cut through that trust factor and build that trust with the potential customer where they see, Oh, someone like me is happy with the service or finds a value or whatever message that that video is conveying. And this is a general trend in in all of B2B marketing, where it's the, you know, the consumerization of B2B, the customers in the B2B sales cycle are expecting a similar experience to what they're used to as typical consumers, as B2C consumers. And, everything is built on trust. You know, we're used to the, the Uber rating and the Amazon number of reviews. And when we look for something, we're looking for something that we can trust that has that social proof to it. And if you can do that as a B2B marketer, you're really setting yourself apart from other solutions, other options, or even just the status quo of I'm not really sure about this. You know, what if it goes wrong? What if, you know, the the claims that the company's making aren't going to materialize. So when you see a customer saying that this works, when you see a colleague, someone that is in a similar role to you at a a potentially similar organization, and you see their story, that helps you make that decision and say, you know what, I'm going to give this software a try. I'm going to give this vendor or the service or this provider a a shot, and I'm going to see the same results as they will.
1: You mentioned this idea of not just setting yourself apart from competitors, but also from the status quo, which I think is super powerful because often, you know, as marketers, we think of our competitors as like, oh, like these are XYZ company when in reality, there's the status quo, you know, just like nothing. Most deals are lost to inaction at the end of the day, right? So like that is the status quo. So talk a little bit more about that. Like how, how can customer stories help create some urgency and drive buyers from just kind of sticking to the status quo.
0: Yeah, you you're absolutely right. Inaction is is often what you're competing against as a B2B marketer or uh salesperson. The hurdle that you have to overcome is conveying the value outweighing the risk, right? A very kind of simple, simplistic way of looking at it when you, you know, in order to make the sale, you need to make sure that they, they see the buyer, the prospect sees the value as outweighing the risk, the cost, whatever is on the other side of that equation. So I think that the strongest customer stories are where the customer, the user really makes that value tangible and can tell you a example, a case study of, you know, we achieved three X number of leads in our pipeline or whatever, whatever the uh, outcome that you were looking for is achieved. And I think that that really strengthens the, let's call it left side of the equation, the value side of the equation. Customer stories can also help with the quote-unquote right side of the equation, which is reducing the cost or the risk side of this decision, that could be a a customer talking about their experience integrating with the software provider. That could be them talking about what was it like onboarding. So you can really boost that decision-making calculus for the prospect through Either side of of that story, possibly both, right, and, and really strengthen that message to create action. You know, the the famous saying, nobody gets fired for choosing IBM. There's, uh, I think, four magic words, and I think this is true uh, for whether it's choosing software provider or hiring somebody, which is like they come highly recommended, right? So when when you can say about a software provider like they're highly recommended by so and so at this company that we respect. Even if you don't have that one-to-one recommendation, that video or that testimonial or that case study really
1: provides that trust boost. Yeah, that's so true. Such a good point because at the end of the day, everyone who's a buyer or a prospect, right? That's like a term, but like everyone has their own career and they're trying to do the best job they can at their company and you know reach their goals. And it's important to show people that like, look, we're gonna make you a superstar in your company with this solution, right? And at the end of the day, customer stories are one of the best ways to do that. So I love that. Love that point. So for someone listening, they're like, okay, I get it. Where do I get started? If I'm a a marketing leader, how should I be thinking about say like I really, you know, haven't done a lot of customer stories, haven't done a lot of customer videos. Where do I dive in? Do I segment my audience and figure out the personas I'm prioritizing and start making customer videos of that persona how would you urge people to sort of think strategically about where to allocate their customer storytelling efforts
0: so there's a few considerations to think about there's the stage in the funnel that you're going to be using the video right are you using this as more of Demand generation, top of funnel type content, are you going to use this as sort of a, a objection crusher, bottom of funnel sales tactic? So I think that that's one consideration that will determine the messaging of the customer story, customer testimonial. The next thing is the segment of customer, right? So if you sell to, let's say, multiple markets, do you want to have a representative from each vertical or each market to kind of represent that group and have a testimonial or a video or a case study from each of them. And once you've identified those two factors, then I think having a conversation with your sales and service or account folks to find out um, maybe it's someone that you know is you know a real champion for your company, your product or your service. Maybe it's a client that you know recently how to win thanks to you, thanks to your company. And you can leverage that to tell a story. And preferably this is something that's not, you know, you're asking me if you're starting from scratch, where do you start? But you want to have this woven into your sales and onboarding strategy so that it becomes standard. You're asking for the testimonial at their magic moment, whether that's, you know, at the end of 30 days when they've finally, they've got their first, you know, let's say set of uh, of inbound leads if you're if that's what you're providing to them right and and they've just gotten huge value from from your service ask for that testimonial then ask for that story for that experience because that value that emotion that that excitement is going to be heightened because it's in the moment as opposed to 6 months later but that doesn't mean that you can't go back and and reach out to them reach out to a customer and say hey you've been using the service for a while you're getting a lot of value from it would you do a testimonial for us and you'd be a lot of times companies are, you know, shy or hesitant to ask from their customers. Uh, but you'd be surprised that more often than not, people are happy to, as long as they are, in fact, getting value. And a little secret, if they're peeved about something, they might use this as as kind of a tit-for-tat way to leverage, solve that little problem for me and I'll do it. And then you, you've got yourself a, a testimonial and you've solved their pain point as well. So I, it's, it serves... A few different purposes. It can also be done as a an excuse to engage with a customer that maybe has been lapsed for a little bit or not necessarily lapsed, but has gone dormant. Reach out to them, talk to them, uh, see how you can re-engage them. And in the process, maybe get a testimonial, a story, uh, an experience from them.
1: So many good points there. And I want to circle back on what you said early on, which was like thinking about where in the funnel you want to use, you know, your your customer videos and your customer stories and you know with I, of course I'm perhaps the ideal answer being throughout the funnel right makes and that's it seems like well, that's what you're suggesting which I agree with but I think in some respects like that is still a very cutting edge idea right we're we're not that far away from maybe like last year or two years ago when like everyone viewed any type of customer content as simply that thing you pull out to push people over the the, the final line. And so I just want... First of all, I want to recognize how forward thinking it is to be thinking about customer stories in a full funnel way. And then I want to ask you a little bit more about that. and, And how do you think about that? And just tell me more about that sort of idea of usage of customer stories throughout the funnel all the way from demand gen to actually even churn prevention and you know expansion and actually driving greater LTV.
0: Absolutely. So let's kind of simplify the funnel into thinking about it as why do I need this product service whatever? Why you guys? Why now? Right? Let's just look at it that way. At each one of those stages you should be putting out content that is addressing that question and that holds true for original content and that holds true for customer stories so customers can create demand gen content whether it's video or or other formats that helps at the top of the funnel talking about the pain points that they experienced before they found this magic solution before they you know they they solved it That creates the demand. Talking about the company, talking about the value of the service, the experience, the customer service, whatever is highlighted in that can speak to that middle of the funnel why this specific company, right? I know that I have this pain point, but why is this company the best one to solve it for me? And then at the bottom of the funnel, you can address very specific objections or or questions about why now, right? It could be budgetary, it could be risk or onboarding or integration, or a lot of these these kind of objections that pop up in the buyer's mind of like, you know what, I'll do this next quarter or next year. And again, customer stories can address those. And I'd go even a step beyond that, which is don't forget about the customers that you already have, right? Just because they've signed into the dotted line, now you are in the phase of lifetime value expansion, and churn prevention, right? And you can use video and you can use customer stories, again, to further engage, to activate the customers, make sure that they're utilizing it, right? Because if they're not utilizing it, it's the most most uh, likely reason that they're gonna churn, to onboard them and, and get them to find the value in the service or, or software, to potentially upsell or cross-sell, to introduce them to other offerings that you have. So you can continue to use customer stories beyond that initial purchase and that will pay off in lifetime value as well
1: yeah that's such a good point so just to kind of reiterate that i love that the simplified model right because like you know it seems like every quarter the marketing funnel graphic gets more complex right um and i love how you kind of simplified it to the core which is really like okay like first why do i need this because most buyers they're in denial at the early stage they are not pain aware. So, so at that point, a customer story or a customer video that talks about like the ROI is not really going to hit. Is that sort of what, what you're getting at? Because, like, if they can't admit they have a problem, they don't care how many the ROI of your further in the funnel case study because they just haven't even like admitted that it's a problem they need to solve yet.
0: I think that the ROI question is implicit in almost every step of the funnel, right? Because that's what we're in business for. All businesses are there to return a profit on an an investment. So so that is part of the, the thought process throughout, but the specific angle or the specific emotional resonance even of the message at each step is going to be different, right? So talking to me about why you're the greatest company in the world at X when I haven't decided for myself that I need X yet, doesn't do anything for me because I'm not there yet, right? Talking to me about how painless your integration is when I don't even know what <laughs> problem you're going to solve for me is like, great. Like, I, I, I'm not planning on integrating, so I don't, I don't care. But if you create that problem for me, you make me aware of that pain. You make me aware of that need now in the conversation of, okay, I know I have this problem. I know that if I solve it, I'm going to get value from that, Right. I'm going to reduce pain. I'm going to increase ROI or whatever it is that we're talking about here. And then the next question is, okay, now who's going to do that for me? Who's the best solution? And then when and and how and and going further and further down the funnel.
1: And then with the final stage, you know, why now? What can we learn from just like, you know, maybe traditional sales enablement, best practices and sort of translate to our customer stories? Like, what are the things that you think, we want to emphasize is it like the cost of inaction, an and obviously, you know, you mentioned objection crushers. But yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. You know, why now? So the
0: the objections that customers have at the, at that last stage of the funnel, they could be, depending on the circumstance, they they could be manifold. But the idea of creating a real urgency to solving that problem today and getting them over that hurdle, I think is true in any sales process. What I believe is great about customer stories is that you're addressing them and you're also creating this emotional reality or excitement or resonance to whatever the message that that is being conveyed. So, you know, you can say rationally, here's my calculation and here's projection and here's the value, et cetera, right? But then you see another person in your field in a similar type of role that's speaking passionately about the software and you can see that they tangibly care about it to the extent that they saw value. Now that makes it real for you and that makes that value more real as a buyer, whereas it's not theoretical anymore.
1: Yeah, and you hit on someone like you and your role that I think is a key fundamental of a good customer story is this just this idea that we're going to find the perspective of people that we think are similar to us or you know are in a similar role maximally credible right so I think that is that is just a really good thing to mention
0: yeah I mean, I'll give, I'll give you an example from my personal life. I recently had a a baby and, you know, it's time to, to get a minivan and I'm looking at reviews online and, and reading people's write-ups about the various options that are out there, you know, I'm definitely going to give more value to somebody who's writing it from the perspective of a parent who has kids that are going in and out of the car, as opposed to someone who's writing it from the perspective of, you know, this is good for hauling cargo or whatever other reasons why people get minivans. So having something that speaks to your need, that doesn't mean that you need to have a case study or a testimonial from every single customer segment. As long as there's something that you can tie the need to the recipient or to the to the
1: audience, where
0: you're tying the message and you're making it relevant to them.
1: Well, first of all, congratulations again. I know we talked about that a little bit in the pre-show, and yeah, that's such a good point. And I would I would posit that even more specifically in the minivan example than a point of a parent for you as a father, you know, maybe a review from. Another father that's certainly going to catch your attention and cut through the noise because it's just like you said, it's just much more specific.
0: It's like the um, what's that? Uh, the celebrities are just like us column. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to see that people are just like you and, and then then you can take their word at much higher stock, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think there's actually even a, a name for it. There's a, it's, it's a psychological principle. It's called the principle of parity. Parody meaning just sameness, essentially. If anyone wants to dig into the, the psychology, that, that would be the, the phrase to search. And we'll, we'll link that in the show notes as well. Circling back to emotional resonance, I love that term. And to me, that is one of the reasons that video is so, so powerful, right? Obviously, you know, not every video, but when video done correctly... The ability to create emotional resonance is, is much higher. You just have a, the ceiling is higher for the possibilities as compared to like, yeah, yes, you can create some emotional resonance with a pull quote. You can create some emotional resonance with a written case study, but there, there's a certain ceiling to that. Yeah. Tell me more about that. I guess there's emotional resonance in different mediums and then in particular with video.
0: We are social beings and we interact with each other as individuals, as humans, and the Conversation that you have with somebody is going to be the highest form of communication, right? And real-time conversation isn't—maybe it's not as, as feasible in COVID age. We're not going to conferences and things like that as much as we used to. Although hopefully that's going to come back. But a lot of customer stories and customer testimonials used to happen face-to-face at conferences, right? We've all experienced that, where you know, you you know, let me talk to some of your customers, and and you you meet them and you talk to them and and you get their their stories firsthand. So what's the next best thing beyond that is video, right? It's fully interactive. You get to see someone's body language, you get to see their emotions, and that conveys a lot of meaning that text doesn't. So, I'm not going to say a written testimonial, a pull quote isn't valuable. It certainly is. A case study, again, it's going to give you room to expand and, and create context and tell a story, but it lacks that emotional resonance, to use that, that term again, where when somebody's talking, you see their body language, you see their passion, you see their intonation, and, and you can't really fake it. These aren't paid actors. These are VP of sales at so-and-so enterprises. That's a real person. They're talking about a real product that you're considering. And it has that, that trust that other types of mediums just can't get.
1: I think one of the, our previous guests at some point just had this one-liner, and I believe it was, you can't get tone through text. And yes, you can get a little bit of tone through text, but like hearing someone and seeing their body language, as you said, you just get so much more information. The other thing that I would add onto this is in many times in the case study process or in the process of getting a pull quote, you start out with this really great quote, and then it gets sort of massaged by all these different stakeholders. Including legal, and you end up with something that is really just you sort of lose the the true voice of the customer and and you lose a lot of that emotional resonance. And to me, that's actually why we have fully leaned into third party reviews for our written customer stories because at least then we're saved from ourselves, frankly, from trying to massage them as well as all the other things. So, like, I think that is also worth noting with with videos, like with, with videos. It's direct from the person's mouth. You can actually see them saying that. And sometimes you get a, you know, at least I've been in the buying process and you get a case study and it's like a a PDF case study and you just, you can sort of sense that it's just like, well, like how many back and forths did this get to between like all these different committees to get to this point? And it just, it risks losing that emotional resonance.
0: Yeah. I don't want to give away our secrets as marketers, but Pretty much every quote that you've read in a in a press release or a, a case study uh, is probably written more by the marketer than by whoever it's attributed to. Unfortunately, that's uh, that's what happens, like you said. So going back to trust, buyers are smart, and uh, you, you can't fool all the people all the time, as they say, right? People know what's marketing speak and what's real speak, and people can see when. Someone is a paid spokesperson versus someone really cares about something enough to give some of the reputation, right? Because when you give a testimonial for something, when you give a review for something, you're giving your reputation to that product or service and it means something. So the more that I can trust it, whether it's coming from a third-party review site, whether it's coming from the customer's mouth directly. When, when it's video, it's hard to doctor. That doesn't mean don't edit the videos. You certainly can, but you know you're not, we're not talking about deep fake video where you're doctoring what they're saying, right? This is a real person saying their story.
1: 100%. Switching to uh, the final topic I wanted to touch on, challenges and opportunities within customer storytelling, kind of looking into the future. What do you see, Moshe, when you look into the future and, and think about What are the biggest current and incoming challenges for marketers to continue to win and continue to succeed with customer stories?
0: Like with the many things, the commoditization of what it is that people expect to say that a little differently, where's the the table stakes today versus where it's going to be in a year or three years or five years? Everybody expects you to have some logos on your site, right? If you don't have any logos, then you're non-existent. Now, next step, do you have a few pull quotes? Okay, you have those. Does that set you apart? Not really, right? Most websites have pull quotes. Do you offer a case study to download? Cool. Now you have a real asset that maybe sets you a, a, a little bit apart. What about video? Video Is becoming more and more mainstream, but today that can be a real differentiator between you and your competitors. And it's also, like we talked about, a much more engaging medium. But three years from now, most likely everybody will have video testimonials. And what's going to be the next step beyond that? I don't know the answer to that. But I think that, again, we're human. That's not going to change. And until the robots take over, we're going to trust other humans to their experiences to, like you said, with the parity principle that we're going to liken our experience to theirs. One other area that's interesting to explore or that's going to be interesting as it evolves is the area of community. And that's becoming a greater portion of marketing efforts being invested in community development and these, you know, whether it's groups or you know, offline, online. How do you manage and leverage customer stories in those mediums that, you don't have direct control over customers are talking about you right hopefully they're ta- they're saying good things whether you're there or not so maybe there's a uh, opportunity to arm your customers with stories or or with tools so that when they do talk about you when there's a question in their slack channel about you know hey does anybody know a vendor in this category that they have the right tools to go ahead and 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 speak to their experience with you your service your company I, I don't know. I'm fascinated by the community development that's happening out there. And again, it's we're social beings, so people talking to people is ultimately where it's always going to be. You can only automate so much. And, and the relationship that human connection is is going to be what matters.
1: It's such a good point and brings up a lot of interesting topics that we might have to do a future episode on around yeah. getting people to raise their hands in those communities to kind of participate in your customer advocacy programs and giving them the opportunities to, to do that and everything that, that comes with that. Moshe, this has been fantastic. Where can people find out more about you and growth.co? What's the best way for folks to get in touch?
0: Absolutely. So growth.co is a new type of growth partner for startups. We combine fractional CMOs with full service execution for early stage companies that are looking to grow and scale. Our website is growth without the o, that's grwth.co. And you can find me on LinkedIn, that's slash moshe P, M-O-S-H-E-H-P, or slash growth co g R W T H C O on LinkedIn.
1: Fantastic. And I will say we've had the opportunity to do some work together and yeah, highly recommended.
0: I appreciate that testimonial. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. This has been a pleasure, Sam. Thank you so much. A really fascinating topic and love what you guys do at uh, Testimonial Hero. So thanks for having me
1: on. It's my pleasure, Moshe. We'll have to uh, get you on here again in the future. Alrighty, folks. That was another fantastic episode of The State of Customer Storytelling brought to you by Testimonial Hero. A couple really key takeaways I just want to kind of circle back and, and underline that really stuck with me. Again, the idea of just cutting through the noise and cutting through the marketing speed, building the trust. I think that's so often we we sort of assume that customer stories are only to like bridge the trust gap, but they're also to break through the attention barrier, right? They're also about cutting through the noise, like totally independent of, of the trust considerations. Moshe also talked about the consumerization of B2B and how table stakes are being raised. And also they're constantly being being raised when it comes to customer stories. Like, and right now you know having customer videos is still a way to be differentiated right 3 years from now when every company has you know multiple customer videos what will things look like that that remains to be seen you know what the next evolution will be we talked as well about the full funnel approach and the opportunity to leverage customer stories throughout that entire customer journey solving you know first like why do i need this then solving why you guys and then solving why now. And traditionally, customer content was really viewed as more of a a why now thing. And more and more, uh, I like Moshe's point that it's absolutely full funnel. Like you can use customers as a vehicle for any type of content. It doesn't have to be just that bottom of the funnel content. We also talked a lot about thinking strategically personas, different use cases, and where in the funnel that you want to use these customer stories. And also this idea of customer stories set you apart, not just from your competitor, but from the status quo. So many good takeaways in that episode. That is absolutely one that I will be re-listening to. If you want the transcript, you can find the transcript on our website, testimonialhero.com slash podcast. This has been the State of Customer Storytelling. I'm Sam Schepler from Testimonial Hero, and we'll see you in the next episode.